This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. We're brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Brian and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, as the big voice told you before we started this show again. And I, I think we're celebrating like our 60,000th episode today. So I'm very excited about that. Congratulations on your anniversary, Daryl. 60,000 podcasts. Congratulations. Wow. Uh, hang on. I would like to thank my mom and dad. Yeah. My brother, my sister, uh, my aunts and uncles, my nieces and nephews, and that's kind of about it. All right, well, <laughs> and, and the people good. in charge. How about that? The people that put it, uh, decided to put us on a podcast. I want to thank them too. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. All right, to it's celebrate the anniversary for what I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the big news for the Browns this week, and it's just uh, the Miles Garrett story to me is just unbelievably fascinating. Fascinating in the fact that we're talking about him maybe playing on Sunday. To me, that is just absolutely mind blowing. And I, you know, I saw something as early as last night or two nights ago. Uh, if you're listening to this, like quickly, like Miles wants to play, and I was like, "What? I, I, I don't know." You tell me, Daryl. Should Miles play on Sunday or not? Uh, probably not. Was not in the building on Wednesday. He's due back on Thursday. Um, he's already had the medical assessments, so they have a pretty good idea where he's at there. Uh, everyone knows it's, you know, sprained shoulder, um, biceps strain. Uh, he's got some bumps and bruises and scratches and whatnot. So, um, to be determined, but, um, uh, let's, uh, let's start with Kevin Stefanski, uh, reacting to obviously what everybody, uh, is concerned about, and that is uh, Miles Garrett. You know, on Miles, very, very grateful that he's okay. Uh, I've spoken to him. He's staying home today, resting, but we'll see him tomorrow morning. But again, uh, grateful he's okay. 100% glad that he is uh, okay. And to your 
question that you were asking, Andy, about him potentially playing Sunday. Uh, this was Kevin Stefanski's thoughts on that particular matter. Uh, I think he, he's doing okay. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm grateful that he's okay, and we'll see him in here tomorrow. I think I'm not ruling anybody out on Wednesday. Uh, so we'll kind of do what we always do, which is take in information every single day. Like we do with, with anything, you have to, it's case by case basis. I've spoken to him, but get to have him in the building tomorrow and, and talk uh, more in depth. And obviously tomorrow he's referring to uh, Thursday. So that that's where the coach is uh, regarding Garrett. They, like I said, they know medically where he's at. Um, and uh, again, uh, thankful that he is going to be okay. But um, they'll get the football assessment Thursday. <sighs> I, I'm just, I'm just fascinated by we're even having a conversation. I mean, what is this guy? He's like a superhero if he plays on Sunday, and I don't know that that's the right thing. I, I go back and I think back to last season, and I don't think Baker Mayfield should have been on the field after Week Three. So, I mean, that's my concern. My concern is, is that you know Baker shouldn't have been on the field last year, and I think they let him kind of talk them into letting him play. I, I don't know how that worked out. It doesn't seem like it was right. And then, you know, now we're in kind of a similar, if it takes him a week or two weeks or three weeks, right. it's fine. It's fine. At the end of the day, I would love for this team to win a Super Bowl, but dude just went in a, just got rolled over in a car twice. Chill. I don't well, need him to play on Sunday. I, look, I mean, as we talked about it on the last podcast, when I shared my rollover story, it, it took me a little bit to get over that. And I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, I have the physique of a toothpick. Um, I don't have an athletic muscle or tendon in my body. So it, it, it took me a little bit to, to kind of get over something like that. Um, Miles Garrett, as we know, is a you know world-class athlete. He's a physical specimen. Um, it's going to be understandable. Um, and it's interesting that you bring up the should he, should he not play uh, here's safety John Johnson the third uh, when asked that very question on Wednesday. I wouldn't be surprised. I know he probably wants to, but um, you know, if you ask me, I think you know he just personally just just sit it out. But I, I have no idea. I mean, I know just knowing him, he probably wants to play. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he did, but I, I, that's a tricky situation. I think you just take it easy, man. Hundred percent, I agree with JJ three, right. and that's not. And again, like that's not a slight on Miles. That's not a. That's not a cheap shot or dog and it's just, it's first and foremost health is of the most paramount precious importance. And you know that, so I, I agree with JJ three. If I were the Cleveland Browns, I would tell miles, take the week off. We want, we want you to be okay. No pressure to play Sunday. Life happens. People get in car accidents. Every I was in a car accident in July. I got pancaked. In fact, I got my car back. I got I got my uh, <clears throat> I got my. How car long did it take to get it back? Uh, it took about a month, and I could not return my rental fast enough. I kid you not. I was putting together my Browns notebook uh, for the website. Phone rings. It's the body shop. Hey, good news. Your car's done ahead of schedule. Because uh, they actually had to order more parts once they like you know took it apart. So right, longer, and it's hard to get parts right now. Let's not. 100%. And if you need a chip, you're in huge trouble. hundred percent. And I'm not gonna lie. I, I have a nightmare story about this. If yeah. you want, I I mean a nightmare I, story. But finish yours first. I I I I probably got the VIP treatment from them here. Like they really did take care of me to to get this thing done as quickly as possible. So I hung up the phone. 
dropped everything I was doing, grabbed the keys to the rental and my wallet, and I raced out the door to go pick up my car because I could not get out of this rental fast enough. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, the rental company was great. They were easy to work with and that. I just hated what they gave me to drive. It was very physically uncomfortable for me to drive. What color so, was the rental car company? Um, I don't even want to say that. If they All would right. like to sponsor the podcast, I'll be happy to. to well, I, I I have a rental car company I want to destroy. Oh, okay. And I won't say <laughs> the name of it. And you, you want to hear this story? I'll make it really quick. Go Ready? right ahead. Uh, Jan- early January. Uh, my wife has a, a uh, gets in. It's a really snowy day. Uh, car gets hit by another car. Okay, so now our car has to go into the shop, and we have insurance for that, right? So the Car goes in the shop. We get a rental from this very well-known rental car company. Okay. Do so, one of the quarterbacks do their advertising? I'm not saying any of that. Okay. Uh, I don't even know if that's true. So, um, so the car is taking forever to get the parts. And the, the place that did the work is phenomenal. Excellent. Like, I knew everything that was going on every second of the day that was going on with that car while they were trying to fix it, it just took forever because I had to get the parts in because we're all, you know, in backlog from pandemic. So uh, my wife has the car and uh, has the rental car. And now we're coming up on like, we're, we're, I think insurance paid for the first three months of the rental car. Okay. Now we're past three months. And so I talked to the rental car company. The local people were fine. The local people were outstanding. Okay. And they're like, hey, you need to update what you're doing with the car because you got to pay for it out of pocket now because the insurance is already gone. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I keep, I got a call. I got a call. Hey, are you ready to update? Okay. And they weren't taking money out of the account either. Sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. Most, I'm sorry, they didn't take money out of the account. Money was sitting there waiting for them to take. And it was sitting there and I made sure there was enough money in the account for them to, to cover what we were paying the weekly rate because I got to pay the same rate the insurance company paid, which I thought was great. Okay. Now I get a frantic call on a Wednesday from the rental car company. They're like, Hey, you need to come in and we got to settle up this debt. I go settle it up. Just pull it off the account. They're like, no, we need the card. I was like, all right. I go, I will be there Friday as soon as the show's over. Cause I had stuff going on Thursday. They're like, no problem. We'll see you Friday, Friday morning. My wife is at the gym. She goes to pull out of the gym, and there's a tow truck waiting for her. And as she starts to drive out, the tow truck corners her into the parking lot, tells her to get out of the car with my kid in the car, and says, you're in possession of a stolen vehicle. The police are on their way. Stay here so you can be arrested. I know. I'm looking at your face as you're saying this. Holy... She gets out of the car. They repo the rental car. They take it to um, uh, somewhere where they can't find the car because my wife had stuff in the car that was never returned still to this day. Okay. I call the rental car place while I'm on the air. This was during a commercial break. Um, My wife is unbelievably upset. I'm upset. I'm I'm in the middle of a show on top of that. So um, the guy was a complete jerk to my wife. And she's like, what do you mean I'm in possession of a stolen vehicle? Uh, This is a rental car and it needs to be returned. And she's like, what? And so they take the car away. She's at the gym still. People at the gym were awesome. They helped out. 
And she's like, do I stay and wait for the police to come to arrest me? Because this is what the what the jerk who repoed the car said to right. her, which was unbelievably untrue. And he never called City Hall to tell him or the police department to tell him that he was going to do it. So luckily, I knew the mayor and the prosecutor of the city where that was happening. And I called. And I'm like, do you know anything about this? And they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. So um, as it turns out, um, I, I went right back to the rental car company and they rented me another car on the spot. I didn't want to go to them anymore, but I the rate was unbelievable. So I'm like, okay, just let's just figure this out. I need our stuff back out of our car. It's your fault. We did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And um, to this day, I would tell anyone, Google it. It's happened to hundreds of yeah. people in the United States. Do not rent from that rental car company. That's all I can say. Even though the people in Cleveland were nice, their books are all messed up and they're a mess. And I would highly recommend not doing that. I don't even know how we got on this topic. How do we get on this topic? Uh, me neither. Um, I'll get us back on track. Okay, let's get back on track. And uh, how about we hear from Jacoby Brissett? Okay, let's hear from Jacoby. About what he uh, <clears throat> feels about uh, Miles. This is okay. the beauty of the podcast, right? 100%. This like, is the just, beauty of this, that we can... We, we can, can never sp- get away with this on the air. Spit venom if we need to. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, we're going to spit some venom later in the podcast. Okay, keep going. He's okay. And uh, obviously our thoughts are with him and, and uh, just want him to be be healthy. And, and he's doing fine. And just glad he's okay. Uh, tough, tough, scary situation. But uh, glad he made it out safe. Yeah. I mean, I, that that is how I would describe, like, the mood in the locker room. That's is good. scary situation. First and foremost, everybody concerned about Miles, the human being, and that he was okay. Um and that nobody was seriously injured in the accident, and nobody really cares if he plays Sunday. Like, yeah, I know that's the way it should be. Yeah, All right, speaking of football, let's uh, let's talk about football. Want to do that in a minute here? We can do that. All right, let's do that. They He's Daryl. They do. They play uh, Atlanta. I hope it's not raining there. They're probably getting rain too, don't you think? Uh, there is a hurricane. That, that is, hurricane uh, ripping through Florida, man. That Not good. The video, they're not good. A lot of people, wow, I mean. A lot of sadness. All right, let's try to pick things up. Let's talk football. Let's do that when we come back, Daryl. Are you good with that? I am good with that. Good. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, man, we love you. We love you a lot. Because <laughs> we just gave you a segment for the ages. By the way, want to mention, we do want to do some mailbag stuff. Okay. So if you hit us up on Twitter, at game day CLE, tweet at game day CLE, we want to get your questions in. We want to get you involved with the podcast. So uh, submit your Browns-related questions there, and we will do our best to get them included uh, in our podcast on a regular basis. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Brian and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Go see my guys at Smiley One if you have any problems with uh, your heating, cooling, or plumbing issues. All right, so, Daryl, um, they do have a game on Sunday. I don't know if you know this or not, and uh, we're going to be a little bit shorthanded. A lot of guys on that injury list today, so let's uh, let's go through the headlines of the game. Well, uh, obviously injuries. The list, uh, long, yet distinguished. I anticipate Joel Batonio biceps who didn't practice Wednesday. I, I anticipate he plays. Uh, Taven Bryant, hamstring injury, suffered against the Steelers, question mark. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, ankle, injured that third quarter against the Jets, did not practice Wednesday. I think he's a question mark. Um, uh, Amari Cooper didn't practice. He just got a day to, like, chill out and relax. No issue there. He will play. Miles Garrett, we've uh, obviously covered his situation. Shoulder biceps injuries did not practice. To be determined, question mark. Uh, other concerning um, injuries, uh, let's see here. Oh, JOK, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the groin injury. A, a, a DNP on uh, Wednesday. Again, question mark going in. I uh, just don't know. And Denzel Ward, a little bit of a surprise here because apparently he's got back and rib injuries that he is dealing with that he suffered against the Steelers. Uh, Kevin Stefanski was unsure of when, where, or how uh, that injury or injuries occurred. He was a DMP. Um, I would think that maybe with some, you know, some rest that, you know, potentially he could give it a go, but it it's just too early to definitively say. So headline numero uno, man, is the fact that they are beat up. It feels like it's – I mean, it's way towards the defense, though, the injuries. Five starters on the defense yeah. did not practice on Wednesday, so not great, Bob. <laughs> I mean, Andy. That's okay. One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. You get the joke. Stop. Oh. No, I got it. Um, the When I, I – I'm, I'm a little worried about this, and I, I want to hear what you, your thoughts are because I, I was writing this out today, and I was just thinking about it. I'm very excited with the way this team's playing right now. I'm happy. They're doing, I think, what we had hoped they would do early on in the season. It is hard not to look at the fact, though, that the three teams they have played so far are all one and two, and the team they will play on Sunday is also one and two. Can only is play there... the schedule in front of you, Andy. What'd you say? Can I know. Play the schedule in front of you. So I think, though, that it's it's hard for me to step on the accelerator. I'm very happy we're doing the speed limit right now. Have and we've got a quarterback on the schedule going forward. There is no reason for you to step on the accelerator. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I know people are excited. I'm pumped. They're, you know, first play or tied, whatever. They, they, they've I, been two and one, three straight years. They've been, if they win Sunday, it'll be the third straight year under Kevin Stefanski. They start three and one. I'll take it. Right. Which is my expectation. Like going into the season, right? You're like, hey, what's your expectation? I said, first four games, if they can go three and one, I'll take it. So if they can win Sunday, yeah, I'll I'll take that. Um, and, and you know, to your point about the offense, things are going well. I mean, I was a little uh, surprised, like when, um, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett was asked uh, about the offense and how he thought things were going or where they are at. Like, this is 
this was eye-opening. The reasons why we haven't scored on every drive has been us. It's been things that we haven't and that we're still trying to kind of correct. And I think these guys understand that. I think the coaches understand that and the conscious effort and intentionality to, to go out there and make sure that, you know, those things don't happen because it all boils back to us and, and getting the, the small things corrected. Translation, the only team that can beat us offensively is ourselves. And I look, I think that's a great spot to be in. Um, one of the anomalies, they've got more rushing yardage than passing yardage, which is unusual. Um, we've talked about just the fast start on the ground with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and how great they've been. Chubb leads the NFL in rushing uh, by 341 yards. Uh, this is a battle of the top two running backs in the league uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, I mean, look, they, things are really going well. Uh when you talk about the run game and Kevin Stefanski, Jacoby Brissett, like no one cares that what their balance is, like what their yardage balance, you know, balance is. They have more run yards or pass yards or whatever. It's Stefanski said, it's about wins and losses, Andy. So, you know, it, it's fun for us to talk about, but for them, they, they're just trying to win games. And right now this is the formula to win and it's working. Daryl, when you look at the running game, so like, I'm just looking at Nick Chubb here, um, and we talk about yards after contact. He leads the league in carries with 62, yards with 341. He's tied for the lead in broken tackles, which I didn't realize was a stat until I just kind of stumbled onto it, with eight, and he's second in rushing first downs and yards after contact uh, at 159. I, I And as I thought about that, I was like, man, I wonder what his numbers would be if Kareem Hunt wasn't here, right? Or if Kareem Hunt is extending his career, that's the other thing I think about. I think about Kareem too. Hunt's extending his career and helping. It's similar to the Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney dynamic. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I really do. Uh, let's hear from the quarterback on uh, the run game. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, I mean, we understand what that opposes to the defense and how it wears down his team uh, in the fourth quarter. And um, then we got really good offensive line and we got really good backs. And we'll be a fool not to run the ball and make the defense uh, defend that part of our game. So I'm excited for the future of that and how we're going to continue to help it out. You know, and what's really fun to watch is the offensive line in the run game because they do uh, a lot of pulling, both uh, Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, which, by the way, you have to be extremely athletic to do that, to be able to not only get out of your stance, potentially hit, hit your initial block, get the guy in front of you, touch him up a little bit to slow him up, then go backwards and either move to your left or to your right and take on another defender while the running back is trying to figure out his lane that he wants to go go to, right? And hit the second and the third level of the defense. And this offensive line with Bill Callahan does that so incredibly well. So when you're talking about like Chubb and, you know, where he ranks and, and, like he's top five in just about every meaningful metric there that you went through. Um, like, yeah, I mean, he benefits from having Kareem hunt to spell him, but this, this offensive line, man, they're maulers up front. They, they just do such a fantastic job. They're coached extremely well. Bill Callahan's one of the best in the business there. A lot of fun to watch. Like it, it's old fashioned football. But it's fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I know. I, so I, I also think another part of this, and I was glad we saw it last week, was David Njoku. Because the ability to have Njoku not only block, but be able to catch the ball, 
really feels like Kevin Stefanski football. I mean, that's and – and we've seen three tight ends on the field at the same time. So I thought last week to have two guys with more than 10 targets was a big deal. Yeah, it, it was. And then, like, when you flip the coin on the defensive side of the ball and just all of these injuries that they're dealing with right now, um, and it, I, JJ3 had, like, the soundbite of the week when, when he – like, he was asked about all this adversity – <laughs> he, this guy is a true Cleveland Brown. He has the orange, white, and brown running through his blood more than anyone now. Since I've been in Cleveland, it's been about <laughs> responding, literally. Uh, so we've done a decent job. You can always do better. But um, that's one thing that I can say, like, that we've had practice at, you know, it's just blocking out the noise, really locking in. Um, and weeks like this, we usually go out there and, and have a good performance. So hopefully we can just continue that trend. And um, it's really just – it's going to take everybody. Let me translate that for you. Uh, we've since, had a lot of drama since I've been here, and that's no, all we have to do is I respond to other guys' BS. He's been hitting the fan. That's yeah. what he's saying. And we're used to it flying around everywhere and wiping <laughs> it off our faces and just going out and doing our job. Like, that's what he's saying. And you know what? If that doesn't sound like a Cleveland Brown, I don't think there's anyone else that can sound. Because I mean, he ain't been here long. But you know what, no. JJ3? You, you're officially a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> Congratulations. If you pass the East Side, West Side test, you're really in. Daryl, oh, let's do this. One of the funniest moments of oh. Kevin Stefanski's introductory press conference, making all of us say what side of town we live on. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah, I remember that. Um, let's he do was, this. He was trying to divide and conquer the media from day one. <laughs> trying to split us up, man. We are united. We're like the Rebel Alliance. I don't know about that. We're kind of split on the East Side oh, and West Siders, to be perfectly honest, full disclosure. <laughs> let's be honest. The 480 bridge changed everything, but you've got to be older to understand that. So yes. um, let's do this. Let's. Come back. I know you have some things you want to vent about. I have a pretty cool story, too, so we'll we'll share that when we come back. You want to stick around for the next segment of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. We're talking about doing a mailbox, so if you want to, hop in on Instagram or Twitter at Game Day CLE. Again, he's Daryl. I'm Andy. All right, so, Daryl, I got a cool story I want to talk to you about. I don't know if a lot of people caught this story last week, but um, – you know, we talk about teams that have guys that remain in town after they played here, right? And the and Browns have more, them. the Browns have more than any because they become a part of the community. And I, I think you might find it interesting to know that, and I don't know if a lot of people still know this, that Eric Mangini still lives in Cleveland. I used and, to get Christmas cards from him every year. And then I think when he got hired by the 49ers, the cards stopped. <laughs> well, here's the cool story about Eric. And it's not about Eric, actually. It's about his son, Luke. Did you see the story? Uh, no. So his son Been a Luke, little busy, Andy. I know his son in, Luke goes in between, to uh, you know, uh, car accidents, my oral surgery, other stuff going on. Hey, I, I missed two days of work this week, so I, I've been a little bit. I will tell you this, just as a little tidbit: um, if you get the chance, and you're a Star Wars fan, are you a Star Wars guy at all or no? You, I'm watching Andor. I'm, I'm, I got to get the new episode. Okay, so today while i was i was i'm still trying to recover and feel a little bit better i can't imagine what my voice is gonna be like through the next four days but oh, we're gonna have some fun with daryl's voice in a bit oh good i want to hear that okay so um if you watch andor and then go right into rogue one i i, I always thought I've rogue one it. was I did really it. good i did oh it. you did 
I, I did it on Saturday when I got home from the dentist. I, cause I had already, see, I already already watched the first three episodes of Andor that dropped. Right. Right. And, but I wanted to rewatch them to really make sure that I had the, the storyline nailed down. Right. Right. So, um, <clears throat> late in bed, watched all three episodes and it flipped right up to the, you know, brought up Rogue Rogue One. and yeah. I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Cause I couldn't remember when Cassian dies. Right. I'm like, I, I knew he died in Rogue One, but I couldn't remember. So I'm like, all right, oh, I this remember. is cool because now I'm going to get the back end of the story again. So fire off Rogue One. So, yes, I have. Tell been. me Rogue One isn't like a thousand times better after you've watched Andor. A hundred percent. Isn't that crazy? Like, I, I, you know, I've seen Rogue One probably five or six times. I love it. And then today I watched it after watching the first four episodes. And I'm like, man, this is brilliant. I would argue brilliant. Rogue One is the best best star wars movie made in the last 20 years i'm not gonna argue i thought rogue one was outstanding i i it's just i I, I thought that these it's just a really really good story you know the story is it's not all about skywalker yeah well like the last three i just thought were just like a retelling of like the original but but with more fancy special effects different characters different you know i just like yeah yeah it was cool i enjoyed them it was entertaining but it just kind of like felt like i was re-watching the same movie you know what i'm saying so yeah rogue one added to it whereas i didn't feel like the last three really added anything other than like them shocking everyone with hey guess what palpatine not dead <laughs> I, you know what i, I didn't i it, it was a good storyline i give it but i still was trying to figure out who ray you know who Ray's relationship was. Well, so. not well. Yeah, she was the grandchild. Yeah, no, I know. But by the way, I don't it. think we're spoiling anything for anybody no, right now. No. Okay, I just I. It... <laughs> I know. All right, so let me go back into this other feel good story, right? right? So the Eric Mangini story or the related yeah. Eric Mangini. Story. So uh, no, his son Luke. Did you see what he did last week? I, I, Again, I don't this. Think no, did. I did not. Okay. So this is going to be news <laughs> for me, which is going to make this story really, really good because I have no idea what you're talking about. So he plays for Hawken. He's a junior, and um, they played Brooklyn last week. They won the game forty-eight to seven. Listen to Mangini's stats. The kid Luke played on both sides of the ball. Nine carries, hundred sixteen yards on the ground, two catches for fifty-one yards and a touchdown. Then on defense, he had five tackles, a sack, and two for loss. Pretty good, huh? When he scores six touchdowns in a game like I saw Kareem Hunt do for Willoughby South, then call me. I'm kidding. I'm totally oh, kidding. Man, that, wow. is, that is awesome. That is. Well, it's just really, cool really because. You know, Iron you... Man football is like football as a sport is difficult to play right. as it is. But to play Iron Man football and to play it at that high a level, that's that's a really awesome game. You know what? Congrat. I don't know. It's also we do, weird because like, should we do so, like a high school player of the week and make him our first high school player of the week. Sure. He is. I, he was, this was in cleveland.com and then he'll also be in another newspaper later this week. But the, um, the interesting thing for these, these schools, like, so Luke goes to Hawken and if you didn't go to Hawken middle, you count as three boys. So does that make sense? No, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. So because of competitive balance in, in the Ohio High School Athletic Association, okay, if you go to a private school and you didn't go to their middle school, okay, there might be a loophole if you live in the city of the private school too. I'm not sure on that. You count as three boys or three girls. So you have to play in higher divisions. Correct. So Hawkins probably should be a D5. 
but they have to play a D3. Okay, so my high school, nobody lives in Warren, Ohio, so they're still Division Seven. <laughs> but if it's a public school, it doesn't matter. Well, it's not a public school. It's a private school. It's oh, Catholic. okay. What it's, school it, is it, that? Warren John F. Kennedy. It's a Catholic high school. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Most JFKs are public. And well, because when the school opened, fun story that nobody cares about but you, right. um, it was supposed to be like Feast of the Assumption or whatever, but that ah. was the year that Kennedy was assassinated. And since wow. Kennedy was the first Catholic president, the high school was named in his honor. And uh, Warren JFK, shout out to the Eagles, perennial play playoff powerhouse. Uh, seem to be playing in the state championship game like every year or every other year. They're down in uh, Division Seven. They're highly ranked again this year. So go Eagles! There you go. Are they? You might want to check to see if they're Division Seven still. I'm pretty sure they're Division Seven. They have like 12 guys on the football team. <laughs> well, so but 12 guys counts as 36. Like I said, they got like 12 guys on. Like I could. Let's just put it this way: their team picture got so they play. Um, well, this year they can't play at Warren Harding because, uh, Mullenkoff stadium is getting renovated. And right. It's just also, they, they've been trying to play, uh, find places to play their home games this year. But, um, so like the practice fields at, at the high school, there's one where the JV and the freshmen and the middle school play on. And there's like a little thing of bleachers and it's like literally can seat maybe like 40 people. Right. <laughs> and then so the team, so they take the team photo in these, on these bleachers. Every, it's a, it's a yearly tradition every year they take the photo. And it seems to be every time they take the team picture year by year, the team gets smaller and smaller and smaller as oh, far wow. as, you know, participation. And they just, they still find ways to, you know, win games. And, uh, so yeah, there you go. All right. I'll give you two quick sidebars off that. Today's like sidebar day. Um, it is. I was watching Gilmore play a Toronto prep, which was a joke. The kids showed up. They were, their bus broke down. Uh, they had different colored helmets. It was crazy. Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So, but it was weird because Gilmore, I mean, that and does they, not sound like something that would happen to Gilmore. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Toronto out of Ontario. Right. So it was a can it didn't even count towards the playoffs. So uh Gilmore, Gilmore goes has over. reached a point where they're importing teams from other countries to kick the crap out of. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, they're not they were up 14 nothing and they had no fans across the stands. And uh well, you know, getting through customs can be tough. <laughs> so I look and one of the parrots is so classic. He looks and he and he looks at all the parrots and he goes, Would this be an inappropriate? And he looks at the other stands and he goes, we can't hear you. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Let me answer that for him. Yes, it was so funny. That yes, that's inappropriate. I guess that's better than we can hear you from Canada, <laughs> which is probably what he should have done. We can hear you from Canada or something. All right, yeah, here's we... my other behind the scenes story. So, um, you were talking about Warren. My first gig was at four, one of my first gigs was at fourteen forty WRRO. Me too. That's really that's I didn't realize that. That's where I got my start. Yeah. The Phil Anarella show. I remember the Phil Anarella show. So what's weird about it is, it, you know, it's on the square. And I used yeah, to. Uh, that was you hosting that? No, I didn't host that. Um, I, The guy, somebody guy was at Channel 21 hosted okay. the show. I can't remember. It was a big deal. But it was all on records. It was a really hard. I mean, you really want to learn how oh, to yeah. be a DJ? That was a hard place to, to yeah, do Yeah, because it. it used to be solid gold hits, 1440. Yep. And, and when they, it, they really played. So when I worked there. The yeah. turntables were still in the studio. I used those. Okay, so you were just a little bit after me. What was weird was there's only four, two 1440s in the world. And I'm sorry, 
two 1440s that I know of in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes, the one in New Jersey in which we, when I worked there, we blew them off the air. Hotline rings at like 6.15. We signed on at 6 a.m. Hotline rings at 6.15. I, you know, I'm running the board, so I answer the phone. Right. Uh, yes, this is so-and-so from so-and-so here in New Jersey, and I would just like to inform you, you need to power down and sign off. You have blown us off the air. So Okay, so I, they were a daytime. So at night, though, there's only two. there were only two stations in the war, in the Northern Hemisphere that could use 1440. Well, it was we, we had a us. full-time license, by the way. You had a what? That we had a full-time license, just chose to sign on and off. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I guess we did. Yeah, that's true. You're right. We did. I had a full-time license. Yeah, so, yeah. so when I would come in, Early on Saturday or Sunday morning. I only worked there for like three months. Um, I worked there for, I want to say, 18 months. I, there was a station, I think it was either Norway or Finland that you could hear. It was really weird. I'd power up the station and then I'd be like ready to go. And then you'd the kick, other, them, <laughs> kick them off locally. Well, the weird part about it was is that Mark Nolan and I both went to Kent together. Mark, I helped Mark get an internship at Channel 8, and then he helped me get the gig at 1440. Nice. All right, go ahead and vent. Oh, uh, no, no, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're having some fun, so let's have some fun. Would you like to hear me losing my voice in the locker room? Yes. Okay, you, you promise, though, you're going to vent in the next show. At some point, yeah. We'll okay, get to all right, all right. Go. We'll get to it. Uh, right. We're just having too much fun. I don't want to ruin the mood. And, okay, go ahead. And since this is this segment is basically turned into stuff you, me, and like maybe one other person listening to this podcast knows anything about what we're talking about, let's uh, – Let's reel in the the full audience here. Hang on, hang on. Let, let's get a judge on that. Meredith, are you listening? I just want to make sure Meredith. I, she's of course she's, I am. I'm okay, your, I'm just making you, sure. Are you I'm interested? I'm your producer. In, what did you think I was doing? Well, I didn't know. Sometimes you walk away. I would fall asleep if I was listening to that sometimes. But um, were any of the stories. Away. That's lies. Oh, I'm just teasing you. The, the, the stories that we've done in this podcast have been a little bit different. Are you interested in any of them? Or are you yeah, saying, absolutely. oh, my God, I where are these guys it. going? Honestly, I feel like a lot of stories that people really like to gravitate to is um, like how you got in the industry, some early stories. Like people love those types of stories. I do. When I listen to podcasts, I love that stuff. All right. There you go. So glad we were able to shout out AM 1440, the talk of the valley from uh, back in 1997 and probably what, 95 for you there, uh, Mr. Baskin? I was there in, uh, oh, you don't want to know. I was there in 90. Of course I do. That's why I asked. 90. 1990. 89, 90. And I would say uh, broadcasting live from Back to the Future Square. I didn't want to see if I pissed anybody off. Uh, Nobody said a word. uh, I don't think they were. It really is back to, so downtown Warren, Ohio is beautiful. It really has a Back to the Future type. Town Square. Town Square. With the courthouse being in the middle. Yep. Um, it's unfortunately lost some of that luster cause you know, renovations over the years and you know, like the police department got expanded and things like that. But, um, the courthouse has been preserved from like the early 1800s cause Warren, Ohio, believe it or not, back in the early uh, Ohio settlement days was like the capital of the Western reserve. So, and the um, Western reserve is what? Give us a little history. The uh, Western reserve of, you don't oh, know. God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh man. The Western Reserve of Connecticut. Of Connecticut. That's right. Um, and, of course, Packard Cars, Warren, Ohio. Yep. Uh, and so there's a, pack, a Packard. Like, everything in Warren used to be Packard something. Packard Music Hall, Packard Park, Packard this, Packard that, whatever. So um, 
but it's 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 really quaint. It's beautiful. Uh, there's been an effort to like maintain that that uh, hometown feel and stuff. Is like there that. a Warner Theater there or no? That's in Youngstown. Uh, I don't. I think that's Youngstown. So there was a Warner Theater in Youngstown and one I know in Erie, and those guys said, you know what, we can make more money if we make the films rather than own the theaters. Yeah. So what they do? <laughs> Made the films. They moved out to L.A. and they started Warner Brothers. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's great. So Warren had like that area has like a, a tremendous amount of history. So Arby's, uh, anyway. Arby's is another one. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, a hot dog okay. shop, by the way, best hot dogs in America. There you go. It's still there. Okay. Um, so back to making fun of me. Okay. I want to hear this. Um, so I had uh, an oral procedure uh, on Saturday and a what? Uh, yeah, had to, you know had to go see Doctor Yankinpole, and they <laughs> yanked and they pulled. So you were at a dentist. Yes. Okay. And what do you think I was talking about? I have no idea. I was trying to figure out where you were going. So, um, yeah, we, how do you think we get on the Star Wars tangent? Anyway. Oh, that's true. So, um, so I have all these sutures in my mouth and, and that, uh, that hopefully over time will kind of go away. And so I'm in the locker room today. We're, we're talking to Alex, right? I get one question in great. You know, I was fine. This is like toward the very end. He was the last player we ended up talking to. So I ended up like trying to keyword, trying to ask him the last question about uh, defending run pass option because Marcus Mariota, very good at RPOs. Okay. Well, Alex, Wright in college did a lot of defending of the RPOs. And it's one of the reasons the Browns have him, you know, because of uh, how well he played in college. So I was trying to ask him about defending RPOs. And as I'm trying to talk, my voice doesn't want to cooperate. And it feels like someone is taking a steak knife and jamming it in my vocal cords. Here's how it started. And here is how it ended. As someone you know, fresh out of college, read option is such a big part of the, the, the college game. How tough is that to defend? And how much can that experience help you? Uh, this. He didn't laugh at you? No, I was, I just like, no, he did. He was great. And so that was, ended up being nice. And so like, I, I turn and I clear my throat. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. My voice gave out. He goes. He didn't laugh at all. No, he didn't. Here it is again. Here we go. We'll go here we go. Here it is. And someone, you know, fresh out of college, read option is such a big part of the, the the college game. How tough is that to defend? And how much can that experience help you? Uh, the experience. It was like in college. Handled it like a pro. Like oh my I god. Really off. I I'm like ready to die. Cause I feel like someone's got a knife in my throat and they're just turning it on my vocal cords and there's nothing I can do. Like I'm, I'm doing the like pausing and swallowing and, and, you know, trying to, and yeah, it just, it, I'm just like, I'm like, how much can that experience help you? <laughs> oh my God. That is one of the worst moments I've ever had in the locker room. How much can that experience help you? <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. I thought for sure someone at the station would like pick that up and that would become. Like I can't believe he didn't laugh at you. Oh, that'll be on the midday show tomorrow. He was. No, no, this is this is a podcast exclusive. We need. Oh, some I don't things, know, man. That might make, that might make midday. Podcast exclusives, Andy. And we uh, may have to oh. take that, put it on the in the midday, so drive people over to the podcast. <laughs> 
How much can that experience help you? <laughs> so he handled it like a total pro was like, did not, he could see that like I was struggling. And so you heard him jump like right in there with an answer. And I was so, I was embarrassed. I didn't know what was going on. And, it, and as fate would have it, you know, cause he was the last guy locker room closes. And I, you know, as soon as I walk out of the locker room, I went to turn to a guy and say, I like, I lost my voice. I no, feel bad for you. Back, perfectly fine. I was like, I have a really, really good story that I want to tell right now. And I don't know if I should, do I it. should hold it. No, no, do it. Let's, let's go. Story, story have time I, with Uncle Andy and Uncle Daryl. Have Andy. I ever told the Jeff Shadell story? I, uh, is it the one where you, Oh, I don't think I ever said his name. Yeah. See, we're going to have to cut this out. No, no, no. You can, I don't care. Jeff and I are friends. He doesn't care. Okay. We've talked about it since then. Yeah, you've told the Jeff Shudell story. Okay, I did. It was Corey Fuller was the player. Yeah, you've, you've, you've told that story. The story that I have not told uh, is uh, the time that Amy Palsik, who now is doing PR for Amazon Prime. Right. She saved my life in the Browns locker room way what? back in the day. Somebody want to kill you? And Sean Smith and Sean Rogers wanted to kill me. Remember the whole Brady Quinn boom boom, uh, you know, then getting getting his butt kicked in the uh, weight room story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, I was working for a different radio station at the time. Okay, and um, I had no idea, uh, you know, what was being said on the air. So I go into the locker room like a normal day, and um, all I hear is a bunch of profanity and uh, the station being screamed. Where's the so-and-so guy? Ooh. And I'm like, okay, that's me. This is not going to be good. Right. And I'm in the middle of the locker room. I don't hide. You know, hey, if someone's got a right. problem with me, I, I never hide. They uh, come after me, and I turn Did white. Did you say something, or was one of the hosts saying something? Can I, can I oh, finish okay. this? You got me. You piqued my interest. So um, I am white as a ghost at this point and shaking because yeah. these two very large – athletic defensive linemen are coming to tear me limb to limb and god bless amy palsick she stepped in between me and them to make sure they couldn't get to me and she was you know i quickly got out of the locker room because they just kept screaming and yelling at me wow and i i had no idea what was going on so i leave the locker room i go outside i'm outside the building now and i am just shaking because wow. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, and I, and like all these things are going through my head. Like everything that I have said in the, in my entire career is going through my head. Like, what did I say to anger these guys? What did and you say? It turned out it had to do with it being reported uh, that one of them went after Brady Quinn in the weight room. Did you report that or was somebody else? I most certainly did not report it. Oh. They were under the impression that I did, and that is why they wanted to give me the Brady Quinn treatment wow. in the locker room. That was the one time that I legit feared for my life, and God bless Amy Palsic for saving it. Now, the current Browns PR department, probably sad that she did, but... <laughs> Do you ever wonder what it felt like to be a wolf? There you go. Oh, man, I was the hunted that day. So, yeah, so that is my famous Daryl almost got killed in a Browns locker room story from way back in the mid-2000s, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's wrap it up. We'll talk about uh, Browns and Falcons on Sunday night when we do our post-game podcast. Daryl, uh, final thought, less than 10 seconds. Go. Uh, looking go. Uh, looking forward to this one on Sunday. I say they're going 3-1. and one. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. 
For our producer, Meredith Kane, outstanding job today. Thank you for listening. And uh, we appreciate everybody. If you want to be a part of the show, again, mailbag, mailbag coming up. Now I got Daryl coming into my voice. How much can that experience help you? That's right. How much can it? At Game Day CLE on Clearly Instagram or Twitter. not enough. Not enough at all. Uh, the experience, it was like in college, I really had. No idea that some idiot could be standing here asking me a question with no voice. Amen, brother. Amen. It's always game day in Cleveland. Subscribe if you like it. See you later.